0: Hey guys, how are you doing? My name is Chris Akez and this is Your Best Life Defined. So, going through some tough times, I've kind of stepped away from this a little bit. I really wanted to make sure I was on the right in the right place and that I had spent enough time thinking about what all is at stake before I step out there and throw my opinion in the mix with everyone else's opinion about the George Floyd issue, the loss of George Floyd, a, an amazing human being, uh, whether I knew him or not, you know. But the tragedy extends beyond that. The tragedy extends beyond that to the lives and families of those officers who were involved. I think that's, that's the difficult part for us is we want to blame someone. And there, and there is someone to blame, obviously. No one, that situation was horrendous. And I can't imagine being in that position as a law enforcement officer and not stepping up and saying, step up, guys, back up, back up. That's my tendency. Because I was the other guy. I wasn't the law enforcement officer. There was a time when I was the bad guy. I was scrutinized because I was poor. From the time I was a child, I was uh, ostracized for the color of my hair and for being an outcast. And, you know, you move three times a school year as a fifth grader. It doesn't do you much good as far as your humanity goes. People are mean. But when I look at this situation, what I see is I see the opportunity for real change. This is our chance to take what's happened here and turn it around and to never let it happen again. Not just for the protesters, but for the whole mindset of our country, for the reality that needs to be embraced. And that is that we all have value you know, there's a tragedy. This is a, an immense tragedy for uh, George Floyd's family, and, and it, but it's an equally immense tragedy for the families of those law enforcement officers who were caught on video at their worst time, at their worst possible time, doing things that we just don't understand. And their families will go on and life will continue and these lives will be destroyed on both sides and we will live it. But this doesn't mean... I mean, the, the tragedy, the true tragedy would be that we allow this opportunity to pass. See, this is our chance to sit back and say, okay, what can I do to ensure that, that these lives that have been destroyed because of this haven't been destroyed in vain? I mean, there is nothing we can do to take the pain away. There's nothing we can do to take the heartache and the sorrow away from those who are closest to this situation. You know, but this has been going on too long, and, and I see I see opportunities in this in these in the riots. Do I appreciate the fact that people are looting? No, I don't. Th- I think that takes away from our message. Even if you're angry, it doesn't give you the right to take what isn't yours. And and I will say that, and I believe that. But the biggest failure I see in all of this is that we allow ourselves to become distracted once again to get caught up in our own lives and our own selfishness to the point that we forget that we can make a difference we have made a difference it's, it takes work it takes effort it takes commitment to go out every day carry those signs and 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 let, and be heard it takes effort and the majority of us have remained silent on that i think i think we have to stop allowing ourselves to be oppressed And we have to stop allowing ourselves to be influenced by the noise and the rhetoric and the bullshit that keeps going on around us. This divisionist attitudes, these statements that tell us we're different by people we don't know and we can't trust. This is our opportunity to create an America that we can all be proud of, an America where we can say you are worthy. You are valuable. I remember I've often talked to, to my wife, Sandy, about this issue. And I worked in the federal prison for 23 and a half years and I was law enforcement for 14, worked at El Paso County Sheriff's Department. And in that time, I never had one man swing at me, try and hit me, try and harm me. Did I have to put my hands on people? Yes, I did. Sometimes people make bad choices and you have to handle your business. But at no time did me or any of my friends or my coworkers go beyond, go beyond and throw that extra punch or allow our emotions to get involved. In fact, when we put hands on someone, we were the first people who removed from the situation because we wanted to make sure that we preserved our own dignity and the dignity of the people we are dealing with. I think we've lost sight of that. The narrative for the last four years or three years has been us against them. And it's not us against them, it's us with them. It's us with them because the only way a miracle reach its pinnacle of greatness again is if we stand together. And what's so amazing about this and it just makes me feel so good inside is that you look at the world and the world is saying the same thing, stop. Stop, this is not okay. You know, I remember uh, back when I was a kid and I was a I was a bad boy by some standards. I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. I really did. I was I'm fortunate that I didn't end up in jail and end up in the same position as a lot of people are now because we've lost sight of our humanity. But I remember there was an officer, his name was Johnny Valerio, and he was he was cool. Johnny was cool when you when you talk to kids and people around the community, especially kids in our circle of friends, because I was on the dark side, I was on the other side of the tracks. Johnny V. We call him, hey Johnny V. Dude, it always stopped, and he had this almost like a cool Elvis Presley or or Fonzie hair hairdo. He'd comb his hair back, and he was always like just he strutted around, and everybody knew his name, and we appreciated him. We did. I didn't feel that knot in my stomach when Johnny V pulled me over or came walking up on me, and I was up to no good, because he would circumvent that. See, I do this because. My hope is to make your life better. And I think that has to be the emphasis. And I think our law enforcement have lost that, I think for some reason, because they've been listening to the same noise as the rest of us, and, and it's just not law enforcement. I mean, I spent time in prison and, and, and I met, I met African-American young men who were just as bigoted as the rest of the world. And they were bigoted because of the narrative they were given by their parents and family and friends. And my standard has always been if I'm going to judge you, if I'm going to hold a grudge against you, it's going to be because of what you did to me. It's not going to be because of what someone said you did or what someone said you are about. But the point is, this is our chance. This is our chance to elect those people who truly represent who we are. Because when I look at the political environment, I don't know any of those people. Those people don't know what it's like to struggle. How does a man who has been in office for 30 years, who has never, hasn't, hasn't, doesn't know what it's like to wonder if he can make his mortgage payment, doesn't know the, the waking up at night with a knot in his stomach, because he doesn't know if he's gonna have the money to pay for the house payment and the groceries. I think we've become disconnected and we've allowed ourselves to be fooled into believing things about life and about people that just simply aren't true. But it takes, it takes us grabbing hold and this is the opportunity we've been waiting for. I, I mean, I can't believe how lucky we are in a way because people are marching and people are saying enough. But it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that with your character and the actions that you take every day. It goes with registering to vote and building communities that say, we must vote, we must vote, we must vote, and creating a dynamic that's built on kindness and empathy and inclusion. Because, I mean, if COVID-19 hasn't taught us anything, it's taught us that we are all vulnerable. We are all in the same boat. And in the, in the, in the, in the blink of an eye, it can all be gone and it all changes. And what's really sad is that no matter who you are, or where you come from, the loss of someone you love, it hurts. And the joy of having a new baby and the things that we enjoy and the things we want in our life are all the same. For those who want to take advantage of it, take advantage of the situation we're in right now where we're, where we're trying to find what our new America is going to look like, shame on you. Shame on you if you're that officer that sits in the back and you're grumbling because you think the the blacks or the Hispanics are taking over. That's all bull crap. This is America. This is America and it's our diversity that makes us great. It's our diversity that makes us the the country that we are. I remember um, when I worked in the federal prison I had a casual approach to inmates and to dealing with people in general when it came to non-confrontational issues. I was a, I was a bull when, when things had to get done. But, you know, I'd looked at it and I'd watch other officers and I'd think to myself, it doesn't have to be done that way. And I never fell into that trap. But you have to understand that when, when I went from a construction worker to law enforcement, I adopted the culture that existed. I adopted the culture that existed about the bad guys and it's easy to do I mean it is so easy to do because that sameness is created and and the same is true no one is no one is without dirt on their hands on this I mean, I, I, met, I met young black men in prison and I'd introduce myself and I'd get hit with some harsh comments about the cops or about, about me or about, well, I don't understand and I don't know. No, I don't understand. I don't understand, but I'm willing to. I'm willing to try and understand those points. And, and what was fortunate for me was by the time I left the prison, I had as many friends that were incarcerated as I did friends that worked there. And it was easy. Because when you take a look at the value, and you find value in the people that you deal with, you know, we can't be alien and we can't hide behind our uniforms and our, and our vehicles and all our tools of power. If you want to make a difference in our communities and see the humanity within our communities, you have to get out of those cars and you have to walk and you have to talk with your neighbors and your friends. And you have to let them see that just because you wear that uniform, you're, 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 you're not officer, you're Chris, you're Bill, you're Jim. Because once we do that, and once you start realizing that those are the good guys and you join that crew, that's when it matters. I, you know, I was hard on guys. I shook down and I took their tattoo guns and I found their drugs. But I was still a good guy. Because when they got a phone call that said from their girlfriend that said it was over, or they weren't getting mail, I was a guy that asked them, "What can I do to help you? How can I help?" I remember one young man; he had, he was a double amputee, and he had troubles. He was a, a drug addict; he'd gotten hooked on meth, and he was just a, he was a bad boy, he really was, and um, he was also an MMA fighter. And I remember he was in my computer-aided drafting class, and he came in and he, he had psoriasis really bad, and he's in a wheelchair, and of course the sweat and all that from wheelchair, just just tearing him up. And he came in to me, and goes, boss, I, I can't get anybody to respond to me. And I didn't have to do it, but how do you sit and watch a human beings, a person, suffer? How do you, how do you endure that? How do you sit and ignore what needs to be done? It's about it's about love. It's about loving humanity. It's about loving life. It's not about being angry. It's about love. So I went to bat for him. Of course, I wasn't the most popular guy in, on, in the prison at the time. But I said no. And I actually at one point told the administration, listen, if you do not take care of this man, I'm going to the media with it. And that's... That's what it takes that's the kind of of position we have to take if we're going to take full advantage of us this is our chance to change what we've seen god forbid we should end up back where we were god forbid another young man black or white or asian should die at the hands of law enforcement simply because They had the opportunity and the authority to do it. I'm sure that no one intended on killing George Floyd. I don't think that was the intention or that was in the mind. But to be so indifferent as to hear someone say, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And instead of being silent and ignoring those pleas, to step back and say, what are you doing? What do you need? And I think that's the tragedy. And had those officers seen humanity, appreciated George Floyd for who he was, that never would have been done. And God forbid, we should go back here because this is our chance. This is our chance to register to vote. This is our chance to stop yelling at each other and start talking about how we can become friends just because you're a cop, just because you walk the street and just because you're obligated to enforce the law, it doesn't make you my enemy. I worked in that federal prison for the last 10 years, helping guys achieve goals and mentoring them to do better and to avoid bad choices. And because of that, I'm still friends with a lot of them. A lot of these guys still contact me on a regular basis. And it's because amid my job and amid all the things I had to do, I embraced them as people. And that's what we have to do. But God forbid we should lose this opportunity. Lose this chance that's been created and this momentum towards true change with with our registration, our voting registration. That vote has power. And shame on anyone who walks away from this experience and does not vote. Shame on anyone who walks away from any kind of situation like we've just seen on TV and doesn't take action, doesn't say, no, you can't do that, doesn't take action to ensure that you get to know the people on your street, get to know the law enforcement that works that area where you live to shake their hand and say thank you and become their friends so you recognize them, not as authority figures, but as neighbors, as people there to help and take care of you. We need some more good guys. And we can all be good guys. We just have to weed out that 1%, that 1% who will never change, that 1% who has that terrible ideas and those terrible thoughts and those terrible plans that are motivated by their self-greed or their own insecurities but shame on us I mean if we let this go because this is our chance this is our chance to never ever see this again so you know I wasn't I kind of hesitated to put this out because I just you know I hate conflict I used to to be my tool and I just can't stand it and I'm sure there will be people who don't agree with this and that's fine But I just needed to say that, you know what, we are in this together, and I just hate to see these opportunities and all this effort to go to waste and to everything to go back the way it was. And the only way it's gonna stay moving and we're gonna keep maintaining this momentum is if we all step up and do our part. And that means you must register to vote. You have to register to vote. You have to stand up and be heard. You have to say what's on your mind, and it has to come from a platform of kindness and inclusion. And for those who aren't part of that, we don't need you. For those of you who are filled with hate and rage and have ideas that you are unwilling to change or you're bigoted because of whatever, you can stay out of our discussion. You don't need to be part of this discussion because I see that the majority of the world, not just our country, but the world is ready for change. And this is our chance. This is our chance to make that happen. So. Enough of that. May you be blessed. I pray that you are well. I pray that you will capitalize on the opportunities that have been presented by this. Because like I said before, anything for every tragedy that we experience, there is an opportunity. And George Floyd's death is the biggest tragedy I've seen in a long time. There's a lot of tragedies that, that could have been avoided. But the true tragedy is that we don't capitalize on this and make sure it never happens again. So, until next time, just remember, my name is Chris Hawkins and today is your day. Make it a good one.